You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. See, it's hard to deny a changed life. I'm going to say it again. It's hard to deny a changed life. Your unsafe family and friends can argue and debate the salvation message. But what they cannot deny is your transformed life. So let it shine. Say it out loud. So let it shine. In fact, look at your neighbor and say, let it shine, hombre. Let it shine. What's the best way to share the gospel? In today's edition of The Simple Truth, Pastor Dion talks about how the transformed life of a believer is the best way to share the gospel. When we accepted Jesus into our lives, we are transformed. We're now the example of what Christ is. When people see us, they don't need to hear the gospel story to see that our lives have been changed. When we turn to Christ, people are going to ask questions about why we act differently, which allows us to share the gospel. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 14. As he begins his message, keep the faith. I pray, Father, that as we look at the history of the gospel and the church, that it would encourage us and excite us. That we would recognize that we're not the only ones that go through stuff. But Lord, the early church did. And the way that they survived is that they continued and they kept their faith. I pray, Father, that we'd learn the lesson and we'd grow as well. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, guys, we met in the book of Acts a guy by the name of Paul and Barnabas. And both Paul and Barnabas hooked up to start carrying the good news or the gospel about Jesus to the Gentiles. Peter and the rest of the disciples had been sharing it with all the Jews in Jerusalem and in Israel. But Paul and Barnabas decided that they wanted to carry, and they were moved by God to carry the gospel message to the Gentiles. The gospel message was that Jesus is the Son of God. That He fulfilled prophecy. That He worked outstanding miracles that proved that He was the Messiah. To the point that he even resurrected from the dead. And as many, and in in his name, by faith, every person can be saved. In fact, here's the promise of the gospel. Read it with me. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that awesome, guys? Look at your neighbor and say, anyone. They'll let even you in. Just look at him and tell him that. Because that was the message of the gospel. And that's what Paul and Barnabas went to go share with the Gentiles around them. When Paul and Barnabas preached the message to the Gentiles over in Antioch, Syria, because they both left Jerusalem, hooked up and came over to Antioch, Syria, and they preached the gospel there. They shared this very message that I just told you. And would you believe it? Gentiles came to faith in Jesus Christ, many of them in Antioch, to the point that a wonderful church was started. 
The first Gentile church started there of people worshiping the Lord. Can you say amen? It's awesome. So it was, they received the gospel message. Well, Paul and Barnabas then, they sailed over to the island of Cyprus. Everybody say it. The island of what? Cyprus. And they crossed the whole island sharing the gospel message that I just told you what it was. That anyone who believes and confesses Jesus as Lord will be saved. Well, wouldn't you know it, only one person in the whole island ended up receiving, believing, and receiving Jesus. But that's okay, because the effort is worth just one. Can you say amen? In fact, Jesus said He would leave the 99 just for the one. Isn't that awesome? He also said that the angels in heaven rejoice for even one sinner that repents. So one is okay. Can you say amen? Well, hey, one person that was saved. So they carried the gospel there and shared it. They had one person who believed, but they didn't stop them. They continued on to this area of Galatia. They continued on. It's now called Turkey. They came up to the largest city that was in Galatia, a place called Antioch, another Antioch. Well, there they tried to share the gospel, but they were booed and harassed, and they were even run out of town. They told, we don't want to hear your message, get out of town. You would think that that might deter them, that that might discourage them, but they didn't. They moved to the next town called Iconium. Say it out loud, what? Iconium. And when they were in Iconium, guys, Paul preached a message. And he shared the same gospel message. And wouldn't you know it, the Gentiles believed. In fact, they invited the whole city to come out and hear Paul preach. And it became a Gentile revival. Gentile people started believing in Jesus Christ, confessing Him just based on the message that Paul told them. That Jesus was the Son of God, that He performed miracles, that He resurrected from the dead, and that by believing in Him, your sins could be forgiven and you could go to heaven. Isn't that awesome, guys? A great gospel message there in Iconium. And hundreds of people believed. Well, Paul and Barnabas ended up staying in Iconium sometime because they wanted to root and ground all of the new believers that had come to Christ. They wanted to help them grow in their faith and in their walk with God and with Jesus. So they stayed there sharing the gospel message, encouraging them, until finally what ended up happening is uh, some unbelievers got upset. They became very violent against Paul and Barnabas and told them that they were going to stone them if they didn't get out of town. Well, Paul and Barnabas had been there quite a while. The church was growing and people had been solidified in their faith. So with that threat, Paul and Barnabas moved up to a mountain community called Lystra. Everybody said out loud, what? Lystra. Well, when Paul was there in Lystra, what ended up happening is he preached that same gospel message. And there in the audience was a man that was paralyzed, had been paralyzed from his birth. Well, when Paul was preaching the message, the man was inspired with faith. And Paul looked at him and said, Stand up on your feet. And the man miraculously stood up and began to walk. Everybody, that's a good place to cheer right there, right? It was awesome. It was awesome. You know, it was, it was, they were cheering. They were, they were growing. So here's what happened. 
Over in Antioch, they shared the message and they got booted out. But Paul continued. Look at your neighbor and say, Paul, continue. Paul continued on to the next place. Why? Because guys, hey, listen, they said, we're not going to stop. Oh, you know, it doesn't matter what they say. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to keep the message alive. Say it out loud. We're going to what? Keep the message alive. And sure enough, when they got to Iconium, a lot of people came to the Lord. You know, a revival might be just around the corner for you. You know? In fact, that's what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3. He said, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Read this part out loud with me. But you should keep a clear mind and a good attitude in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Keep the message alive. Work at telling others the good news. Look at your neighbor and say, keep the message alive. So when they, didn't, they weren't received up in Antioch, they went to Iconium and man, of a revival broke out of people believing in Jesus. Gentiles. You know, after so many people believed and received, Paul and Barnabas, you know, they, they stayed there, as I said, in Iconium and started grounding people in the Christian faith. Until some unbelievers, like I said, were violent and came out against them and said that they were going to kill them. So Paul and Barnabas fled to Lystra, a little mountain village just 25 miles away. And when, like I said, when Paul shared the gospel with them, that guy had some faith to believe. And Paul pointed at him and said, hey, stand up on your feet. And he stood up and he was miraculously healed. Little mountain village. You know what all the mountain villagers said? Ala makina! Holy smokes! The miracle inspired the people in the village to believe in Jesus. See, it's hard to deny a changed life. I'm going to say it again. It's hard to deny a changed life. Your unsafe family and friends can argue and debate the salvation message. But what they cannot deny is your transformed life. So let it shine. Say it out loud. So let it shine. In fact, look at your neighbor and say, let it shine, hombre. Let it shine. So, again, Paul and Barnabas there in Lystra, after people believed you know, in Jesus after the miracle, Paul and Barnabas spend some time with them, rooting and grounding those new believers there. Until the haters from Antioch and Iconium showed up and started an insurrection against them. They told, these, these haters told the people at Lystra that Paul was a cultist that was brainwashing their people. You know, there's Kool-Aid in his backpack, they said. And he's, gonna, he's, he's, gonna, he's, he's duping your people. So the people of Lystra and these haters drug Paul outside of the village and stoned him to death. And everybody say, oh. let's read the passage. Verse 19. 
Then Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there to Lystra, and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples. Isn't that awesome, guys? So we see what happened. We see that they got upset with Paul. They, these haters came in, caused an insurrection, had Paul stoned. And you read it right. As the new believers and friends were mourning over Paul's lifeless body, Paul rose up, bruised and bloodied. And he marched right back into Lystra. Wow. Everybody say, wow. Paul held on to that Bible verse in Psalm 18 that says, don't let the scumbags dr grind you down. No, no, that's not what it says, but it's close. Let's read it. Psalm 118, verse 6. The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. Isn't that awesome, guys? So Paul read it. Paul, Paul was holding on to that. He, he said, hey, listen, uh, 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 that's how he went right back into Lystra. Maybe you have been pelted and knocked down with stones of criticism or ridicule or rejection or temptation or trouble. You know, punches and bunches have put you down for the count. Well, guys, the Lord is for you. So here's what you need to do. Everybody say it out loud. Get back up. Look at your neighbor and tell him that. Get back up. Well, that's the message Paul began to teach all of the new believers in every city he had been. Let's look at the next verse. Verse 21. Then Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. In other words, they went right back the same way they came in, revisiting all of the cities. And here's what they did. Everybody read it out loud with me. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith. You know what? You guys weren't reading it loud enough. Let's do it again. What were they doing? Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Some of you are wondering why the others are cheering. Through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. So Paul really gives them some information there. You know, Paul wasn't one of those evangelists who preaches nothing but rainbows and unicorns. Or that every day is a Friday. You know, Paul would have puked if he read that book. You know what I'm saying? Paul taught that new Christians are going to deal with... Everybody say the word. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to have them. If you don't already. Paul told them, hey, listen, you're going to have troubles. Listen. It's no secret that everyone has troubling circumstances. And your troubling circumstances are not because of global warming or because you weren't breastfed. Okay, now that's not the reason you have troubles. Our troubles are the result of the fall. Everybody said the result of the what? The result of Adam and Eve's sin. 
You see, God created a perfect couple and put them in a perfect environment, but they screwed it up for everyone. They didn't just dig their own grave. They dug a universal grave. They dug a whole universal cemetery is what they did. See, because of Adam and Eve's sin, creation was invaded by lies, deceit, disease, divorce. Creation was invaded by disasters, pain, crime, hate, grief, confusion, murder, brokenness, and death. Because of Adam and Eve, everyone lives under troubling circumstance. You know, the all-state mayhem, it's part of the human experience. In fact, Job said it this way. Job said, it's a hard-knock life. Oh no, that was Annie, little orphan Annie. But, but, but he said uh, something similar. Job chapter 5, verse 7, he said, Man is born to trouble as sure as the sparks fly upward. What was he saying? He was saying that because of Adam and Eve's sin, there is a curse upon this place, upon this planet, on the universe. And everybody has trouble. Look at your neighbor and say the word again. Trouble. In fact, Jesus also said it, and He said it like this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. The sun rises on the evil and good, and the rain falls on the just and unjust. So no one is exempt from troubling circumstances. Bankruptcy, cancer, car accidents, disasters, divorce, defects. They happen to good and bad people. It's inevitable. They are the circumstances that this universe are under because of the sin of Adam and Eve. Look at your neighbor and say, wow. That sounds horrible. You're right. Everybody has trouble. And here's the next one. So everyone has trouble, but Christians, followers of Jesus, have more trouble. Did you hear that? So you as just a person that has been born and lives in this planet, on this universe, you go through troubles. Random things that happen just because there is a curse on this earth. The rain falls. But, but I'm a good person. But, I, but, 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 but I, I even serve the Lord. You can't escape it. You're born to trouble. It rains on the just and the unjust. So everyone is born to trouble, but you who have believed in Jesus Christ and you who are followers of Christ have more trouble. Look at your neighbor and say, wow. Christians have more than the normal troubles. We have more pressure, more adversity, because of our association and identification with Jesus. See, we attract more trouble because we want to love like Jesus and live like Jesus. Here's 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 12. It says it like this. Read it with me. Yes, 
And all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer. Everybody say the word. So you have regular troubles because you live here. And because now because you're of a Christian, you have even more troubles. And the first one is persecution. You know, in the Old Testament book of Exodus, because the Hebrews wanted to worship the Lord, Pharaoh increased their tally of bricks. Well, because you want to follow the Lord, hostility and ill treatment will increase. Complaints, criticism, ridicule, gossip, disgust, prejudice. Hey, it's going to hit you. But, but here's the thing. Don't be surprised or scandalized because you're in good company. Watch what Jesus said. John 15 verse 18 records Jesus saying this. Read it with me. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you're not of the world, but I have chose you out of the world, therefore the world, everybody, hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. So one of the extra troubles we face for being Christians or followers of Christ is persecution. But there's another. There is another extra trouble that we face for being followers of Christ. The word is predators. Everybody said all out, what? Predator. We'll face persecution, but we'll also face predators. You see, the devil and his demons have no favorites. Drug lords, dentists, pedophiles, plumbers, terrorists, or teachers. He hates them all equally. Jesus said that the devil's agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy everyone, everywhere. But there is one group that the devil hates and targets more than any other. Here they are. Say their names. Jesus followers. Christians. In fact, in the Old Testament story of Job, the devil fixated on Job and targeted him because he loved God and followed God's Word. And because Peter followed Jesus, Jesus looked at Peter and said, Satan has been asking for you to sift you like wheat, to break you down. See, the devil is furious about your relationship with the Lord and has marked you for termination. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says it this way. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. As we cling to the simple
This has been another edition of The Simple Truth. Thanks for tuning in. Jesus changed history, and when he changed history, he changed the world. Throughout the book of Acts, we get a glimpse into the early church and just how much Jesus' life impacted those around him. Jesus showed humankind not only how to live and love, but how to spread the love of the Father to the world. Here at The Simple Truth, we pray that you learn to live and love just as Jesus did. And once you do that, we pray that you share his love with the world, just as the disciples did. We're so glad that you tuned in today for Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Acts. We'd like to encourage you to spend even more time studying the Word, learning about Jesus' life in the New Testament books. And we'd love to pray for you during this season as well. So please let us know how we can specifically be lifting you up to the Lord. Give us a call at 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. Do you live in the Española area? If so, come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, we invite you to join us virtually through Facebook, where we live stream all of our services. Just follow the link to Facebook that you'll find at tmcalvary.com. Thanks for tuning in today, and be sure to join us again next time, right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands, and together we stand. Together we stand.